Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Enhancing Human Experience. This is episode 81. So let me ask you, do you have a business idea in mind, uh, some entrepreneurial venture that you want to pursue that wants to come through you, or maybe you want to buy a business. Maybe you uh, have the opportunity to pick up a business that is already going that you think you would enjoy, you think you could make money at. If any of those scenarios sound like you, then you're going to want to tune into this episode and listen very closely because in this episode, I sat down with my good friend, Ryan Maidenford, and you're going to realize that he is not afraid to take risks and jump into a business or an entrepreneurial venture and see if it works. In my uh, experience and in learning about building my own entrepreneurial businesses and doing that sort of thing, that's probably the most important trait or uh, characteristic to have is to not be afraid to take risks, right? That's what life is. It's this constant reaching out and taking a gamble so to speak, on something to see if it's going to work. Constantly experimenting, constantly getting the feedback, adjusting, course correcting. I really think that it's like one of the most important traits to have as a human being because, hey, not everything's going to work, right? We live in a world that sometimes we think one thing and that is very different from what actually exists or what actually is, right? Um, this is a function of the, the Buddha talked about this. We live in the nature of like delusion, right? We are we are living in an illusion sometimes and we're groping around trying to find out what is real and what isn't and what is going to work and what's not going to work and what is uh, going to be beneficial and what isn't. It's this constant like refining of ourselves and refining of the game that's going on here. And so when Ryan is sharing his story here, which absolutely epic insights he shares into being an entrepreneur, owning your own business, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, you're going to get a lot out of this. I know that I did because this is one of the, the reasons that I love having a podcast based on sharing best practices for living, both having an entrepreneurial experience, having a uh, other personal experience, right? Whether it's in business or life, all of it goes in the pot. And specifically related to business, it's important that we find ways and vehicles to serve other people. That's why I focus a large part of the podcast, and it's definitely one of the foundational building blocks for enhancing the human experience. We talk about businesses. We talk about how to create prosperity, how to be valuable, how to serve other people, right? Because that becomes the, becomes the win-win. They get what they want. You get what you want. They get uh, moving, helping them get more toward their dream. You get to make money. It's this vehicle and engine that creates prosperity for everyone. So I think it's really, really important to talk about best practices for doing that. And so I was excited to have Ryan on the podcast. And you're going to hear him share some interesting stories, some really insightful stories that will help you on your business venture. We're all growing and learning. We're, we're sharing with one another. We're teaching one another. We're learning from one another. So it's really awesome to come together on these platforms and share each other's experiences. In this case, talking about business. Super excited for this episode. Before we get into the podcast, I want to remind you a couple things. You can always catch all these episodes on my YouTube channel. 
youtube.com slash gmarkphillips. They're really easy to find there, really easy to look at the ones that you want and need at any given point in time. So you can check that out and subscribe there if that's something you're interested to into. The other thing I want to say is I want to touch briefly on one of my products that everyone can benefit from, but especially entrepreneurs and business people. And that is just be it the secret to having what you want in life. You know, let's face it, in the game of life, the classic success equation, be, do, have, is really all there is. That's as simple as it gets, and that's all we need to do. We create the state of being, we take the action, we get a result, right? And then it's just redoing that equation over and over and over until we get the result that we want. The problem is, and this is a huge problem, most of us, myself included, we forget about part one. We forget about the being. We just start taking action. And that is a critical mistake, huge mistake. The thing of it is, is no matter what level you are in the game, whether you're making $100,000 a year or whether you're making a million dollars a year, there's always more. And until we allow ourselves to become more, we will never have more. We'll never be able to do more, right? It's a it's a limiting belief, a limiting state of being in our consciousness that blocks us from unlocking greater levels of success and prosperity and abundance for ourselves. That's why this product is viable and important to players at all levels. I don't care whether you're making 250 million a year or a billion a year. There's always more for you. And the thing of it is, you won't be satisfied and happy until you are moving toward that more, right? Until you're breaking through the barriers or the limited thinking, limited states of being that is impeding you from getting to those other levels. That's why this is a product for everyone on the scale. You can check it out at justbeitbook.com. You can also find links on my website or in the description of all of these YouTube episodes. Super, super critical to never forget that it's your state of being that is going to form the foundation for every action you take and therefore every result that you're going to get. Never, never forget that your state of being is the critical component. We live in a universe of cause and effect. Being is the cause, having is the effect. Now granted, taking the action is part of the vehicle that gets you to the result, but being is far, far more important. Your state of being, your state of consciousness, the characteristics, attributes, and qualities that you embody at any given point in time is far, far more important than focusing on taking the action. Check it out, justbeitbook.com, whether you're an entrepreneur or a homemaker or a professor, anything you do, you're going to do better. You're going to improve your performance and your results when you focus on changing your state of being. All right, let's get into the podcast and listen to Ryan tell his his, his experiences, share his uh, insights into what works, what doesn't in being an entrepreneur, creating business for yourself, and taking risks, trying things. I really enjoyed this interview, and I know you're going to as well. Let's get into the show. All right, I'm here with Ryan Maidenford, and we've been planning this podcast for about a couple months now, right? I suppose it's been that long, but <laughs> Mark, I'm, I'm very honored to be here in your presence and uh, and get to see your setup and everything. This is great. Oh, awesome. I appreciate that, Ryan. I mean, yeah, I, I love our 
conversations, uh, you know, offline. And I always say that like the best conversations happen when the mics aren't turned on. Have you noticed that like in life or the video yes. camera? And, and it's true in, in a lot of situations that I've been in. I mean, some of your biggest aha moments are sometimes even when there's nobody talking. A lot of times there's, there's a lot of self-reflection. There's a lot of things that happen. And I think really just embodying kind of the things that you learn in life. I mean, and a lot of it is through the, the conversations that happen behind closed doors or, or be, behind the, 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 the scenes that are playing out in your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the contemplation moments. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, I'm a, I, as you know, I mean, we're both big fans of this, like, you know, what's going on inside is like projected out and becomes, you know, our reality and our experience. And so I totally agree with that. Yes. Yeah. You know, those inner conversations are like making, making things happen or, or letting things happen. I, however you want to say it. We're experimenting to see what is going to happen when you try some things. Yeah. 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 And that's one of the reasons why I've been wanting to have you on the podcast, because I know that (laughs) you are not afraid of experimenting and trying things. And I think that's a super valuable trait to have as a human being, because a lot of people are. Yes. And I want to talk about some of your uh, entrepreneurial pursuits and some of the lessons you've learned, because one of the things that I like to do on the podcast is have people share their experience so that it helps other people like get where you are faster or learn what you did faster. And so, you know, we've talked about your entrepreneurial ventures early in life, and we're going to talk about some of your future ideas too. Uh, tell us what your experience is. I know you've had a couple different businesses. What have you done in the in the uh, entrepreneurial world, start your own business type thing? Well, um, from an early age, when I was back when I was about 23, um, I was working at Micron Technology and... Uh, and then I got married and my wife quit her job. And so um, I got a little fearful and I, uh, I started working two more jobs on top of that. And I began working. I was doing pretty good. I mean, at that time, about 17 years ago, I believe now, mm-hmm. I was making about, uh, it was about $800 a week. And that was really good money, nice, yeah. especially back then. But even with all the money that I had, and I was also carefully saving it, my grandparents uh, were, they retired as millionaires. And with that said, I mean, they, um, they, they, they taught, the, the biggest lesson that they taught, my biggest takeaway was they were very vigilant. And uh, my, my grandfather led with an iron fist with uh, saving money. So they lived off my grandfather's uh, money, you know, today today but my grandmother who worked they put 100% of that all into retirement oh nice and so that was their way of, of doing things even though they didn't have especially uh, great jobs they they were good about saving their money and being uh, frugal and they, they live in a beautiful place now in a beautiful valley in Pennsylvania so um, what I learned um, through that experience with with being married I uh, I had a, a huge experience where basically my my wife at the time after after I was working she took twenty thousand dollars out of everything that I, oh, I had no out of your nest egg yeah you my, my nest egg I, I I got a joint account with her I you know I really thought that this is was gonna be my where I was gonna be I put all my eggs in one basket kind of thing 
and I wasn't very smart about it, and uh, I lost all my money. Whoa! And uh, she, when I, while I was gone at work, she came through and she took everything that was in the house as well. And when the attorneys, um, when we were settling things, uh, said, you know, what do you want back? I said, let her have it all. If she feels entitled to this, mm-hmm. let her have it. But the things out of out of pain, you can do great stuff. And I was at a very, very low spot in my life. My brother was going through a divorce at the same time. And uh, I remember I bought a couch from Craigslist for $50. It was big enough for me to sleep on it. And that's what I was looking at it for. And I uh, had a small little closet in this uh, small, uh, cheap apartment that we had in a scary kind of neighborhood a little bit and in Boise. I mean, Boise's pretty good. There's not a lot of scary places. Yeah, but, but there are some, right? I, less desirable, let's put it yeah, that way, right? Yeah, it was very less <laughs> desirable. And the thing is, I used that as like the thing that to keep me working and keep me strong, keep me reminding me why, like I, I didn't want to be in my apartment. I wanted to be out working. And I was very focused on saving my money because I had just lost everything. And I began to be, I was a flight attendant and I, I switched gears out of being in three jobs because it was burning me out. I became a flight attendant. I was making about $14, $15 an hour and uh, I saved like crazy. I had per diem about $26 that was untaxed. Other people were going drinking. I was eating grits and eating oatmeal, but I was sacrificing because I knew that there was a bigger thing in life and it pushed me to do something. I put $10,000 back in the bank one year after that divorce. And uh, that was a, a big thing because I, I remember almost not believing myself just being able to do it. And then uh, I came home and I said, all right, brother, we're going to move out of this place. We're going to get a house and we're going to just start moving our life to the next step. And so we bought a house. It was a Corey Barton house. And as anybody knows around here, it's not the best houses. There were fast building houses and um, kind of low quality. But um, I was able to get... Uh, Get a, get a house that had an unfinished room, and my my I, I said, you know, hey, why don't you go ahead and finish this room up? Um, I was t- talking to my brother, and he did that. He put sprinkler systems in the back, and we're just living there. We're and it was pretty decent. Um, at the time, we were only paying like seven hundred and eighty or ninety dollars for the the loan, and I'm like, why don't we just go buy another house down the same street? And we did. <laughs> what year was this? Before the housing, before two thousand eight? Yes, this is much. Uh, before 2008, okay. I mean, it's probably like 2003 at this okay, time. Okay, so you're well well before the bubble. Okay. Oh, yes. Um, we did the same thing. I bought another house later on down the street, and the idea was to rent it. Um, we had an unfinished room again because it was cheaper to buy the house that way. We put the sprinkler systems in the back, and we, we, we began you know, renting. And then uh, the next big step, I remember was trying to get, because I started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I shouldn't say I started reading. I had been reading for some time Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I was really trying to figure out like how to break out of the rat race. And I think that's kind of what Mark is is all about here, is, is trying to like help people do that. Totally. And th- so I'm talking about a time that I, that really kind of helped inspire me to get out, and it, and it was through a lot of pain that, that got me to um, where I needed to get out of that. So um, it, it became the force that, that was like the driving force to, to help me get going. I went to eight different banks um, when I saw Fourplex that the numbers worked and I was crunching numbers because I, I know that that was one thing that I had to make work. So I was looking at real estate, the numbers would work in. And I, uh, 
it was very hard because you get rejected at each different bank. But I learned from each bank, each presentation, how to do it a little bit better, how to do it a little bit better. What does the bankers need? What do they want to hear? And so I started to uh, kind of work that whole thing until I finally got a yes. And, and people were like, let's do this. And so I was able to get a fourplex um, doing that. And I basically, I essentially borrowed my way into that. And, uh, and then my brother began to kind of manage that end of things. And we went into some other businesses, uh, just business ideas. Like we, we would just try different things. And that's a lot of what being an entrepreneur is, is just trying things. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work and you just throw it away. Um, I would, wouldn't try things that were going to risk me over the edge of, of too much money. So I, I would at least take a, a, a piece of money and, and if, it, if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, great. We just lost a little bit of money, but we learned a lesson out of that. Uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad said, well, when you get windfalls of money to go you know, buy things like businesses. So I bought a business. I didn't know much about it. Um, we had a windfall of money that um, my brother and I had been working uh, other kind of deals and stuff uh, where we, we eventually got about $14,000 and I, uh, we split it. Uh, and that our, my half was 14,000. His half was 14,000. I spent that in three days. I bought a business that just so happened to be $14,000. It was a curbing business. I knew nothing about curbing, but I saw their equipment. It looked about to be 14,000. They had a a huge trailer that could haul, you know, sand and it had a bunch of equipment on it to do curbing. It's like the landscape curbing, mm -hmm. the cement stuff that goes around flower beds. But basically, um, to make a long story short, um, I began a business I didn't know anything about. I hired people and I, I kept trying to get things to kind of work. I, I, I had to like, it's like the hard knocks of life. Yeah, you're doing I mean, everything, right? You're working the curbing thing, running the show. Yeah, so I'm working the curbing business. I still have not quit my flight attendant job, although I think I did actually when I um, finally got the, the curbing business. That's when I finally stepped away from that and I began to work uh, my, my curbing business without the full flight attendant thing. I was a flight attendant for a little while while I was getting people hired. And uh, what I didn't understand is the, the, the ebb and flow of uh, summer and winter uh, there's there, there's just things you you learn along the way. I mean, when summer was there, we would have a lot of jobs. I'd get these guys lined up, and I and it was basically as as your job as an entrepreneur, you are lining out your guys. You are getting everything ready for them, and you're just there to kind of help them be very successful. And you, you got to keep that that going. That's going to be kind of the one thing that that gets you uh, through a lot of that. Um, so I had to keep these guys going. I was very terrible at marketing and uh i would just put a like illegally i was putting signs down at, at the corners of like these these roads and believe it or not that's how i got most all of my business and mm -hmm. then word of mouth and uh and i'd have these guys practice when i first hired them um i'd have them practice on my own property in my head it was like well i'm improving the appraisal of my own property by doing this or when i ran out of that i would uh also do my neighbors for very cheap, which I wouldn't recommend because I was doing a lot of jobs that was uh, um, under budget and I didn't give myself like practicing enough. practicing and not, you think you were practicing too much or letting the guys practice too much on? Yeah, well, I wanted the quality to be there and I never left a project um, if the customer was not um, happy with what was happening. So 
uh, I, I basically let them work on these places, but I didn't give myself enough uh, margarine of profit in some of these deals. So like friends and family, it, it's hard to do business like that. And, and also, um, ah, there, there's just so much. Yeah. To this, was this anyone mentor, was anyone mentoring you then, or were you just going off your own book knowledge and, and experience? I know you, I know you dive deep into a lot of knowledge based stuff, but did you have like a business like coach or mentor type person or at the time, it was all basically books. I mean, mm -hmm. YouTube, I don't even know if it was even around at the time. I mean, cell phones were just now, you know, coming mm -hmm. out. You didn't even have texting abilities. And so, yeah, so you basically. you were kind of figuring it out on your own. I, a lot I of was it. going off my, like, my Bible book of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, kind of way he looked at, at things. I began to buy up his other series. I began to read it. I saw that the tax shelters that the business provides and, and how that, it, it, you know, there's just so much you can do. You can write off so much of your things. You have so much more flexibility as, as, as opposed to being an employee. Yeah, we've, and, we've talked about that, a huge upside. But as as you well aware and we're all aware, of, there's a potential huge downside there's too. Huge, yeah, <laughs> and, and the thing is the more up you go and, and what happened to me is there was something that, that began to develop. I began to get a huge head mm. and I, I thought I was just, you know, I, I began to get very arrogant about how I was uh, to the point where uh, one of the most memorable things that happened, I mentioned to Mark last week, was that there was a girl that called me and uh, I had a piece of property that was, was getting ready to rent, but I didn't have a lot of time. And, and people, I, I, I didn't give a lot of time to people anymore, especially people that were just inquiring and I just felt like they were wasting my time or were flakes. And this phone call came through. I was very short with this girl. I was very, in a sense, kind of a, kind of an, a terrible guy, really. Just I was very short with her, and towards the end of the conversation, she said, "Okay, well, thank you for you know just everything you've told me. By the way, is this Ryan Maidenford?" And I said, "Yes." And now I'm just suddenly very curious who's on the other end. Well, this is Macy Garrison, a girl that I was crushing on throughout high school, and now she's uh, she's hanging up on me right about that ouch, moment, and ouch. I've never talked to her since. And, 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 and before that was, it was years before, you know, so it was, I've heard those kind of stories before though, when people get into what they're doing and get become consumed and then devalue other human beings. I mean, we've all been there. I've been there. Yes. You know, and there, I, I think a lot of times people get attached to their, um, their net worth. And I was, and I still somewhat am because when I don't have a job, I feel terrible, you know, just like anybody. Yeah. Cause you're an engine. You want to run. I mean, yes. you, you, you know, you want to produce. And, and when you're in the negative, I mean, it, it's not only scary, but, it, but it's almost horrifying. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's just like being in that moment when I was going through that divorce again. Um, those things that, that scare you are also the same things that can drive a person. And if you transmute that energy that you have, you can you can go ahead and and do so much more with that the same energy that energy can propel you and I think it does with a lot of successful people they go a lot of hard things and a lot of hard backgrounds make a lot of great people or breaks a lot of good people you know in their lives kind of go spiraling down and I've had both happen to me and I, I've uh, you know, during this, this time, um, things were going well. I bought a second business, um, 
still getting arrogant. I didn't catch that that one moment in time where, you know, like I, I still wasn't. Oh, you didn't, they didn't reset you that Yeah, day. yeah, it didn't reset me enough. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it did kind of wake me up a little bit to how I was, but I but was you were still. But you are still so much power going forward. You were just. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, 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 so. Where I, I got to ask you, where, where are you finding these businesses? Where, where, what channel did you go out by them? Craigslist or is it word of mouth? Or? Uh, I believe it got to be Craigslist. Uh, Craigslist became a thing then, and I, I was that was my main source. Of, and they were of, selling business. Yeah, selling, the selling a business. business and I was like, a, I've, okay, I've seen that. I'm just curious, you know, because for people listening, hey, you know, where do you buy a business, right? I mean, I guess anywhere you want, right? <laughs> well, businesses happen with like. Uh, Usually, the bigger the business is, the bigger potential you have to make money. Um, now, if anybody here that's read uh, The Richest Man Babylon, you don't go into businesses that you don't understand their industry, you know, and, and or because you can lose a lot of money. I lost a lot of money in the beginning of my businesses when I first started them because I didn't know what I was doing and I was comparing myself to competition and I was going through like all this, the learning curves to figure it out. And once I was able to do it, I just had a mediocre product. But that's part of it. You can be in business doing a mediocre job and still be making a lot of money. The other massive problem is you go into a business that you don't have any sort of passion about or any sort of love and you're just chasing it for the same, like, like the reasons I was chasing it was just strictly to, to make more money. And uh, that for me was the security thing. And it was like, because I was reading this book and, and really feeling like this is what I needed to do. So, so you, did you get burned out on, yes. bo- on both of them? Or I just got burned of out of uh, the curbing business. Later I bought uh, a carpet cleaning business and I, I did that. I was a little smarter that time. I went into the business first as an employee, and then I uh, backed out of the business and, and bought my own business. I, I learned a lot being an employee uh, from other people's businesses. I, I tried two different businesses as, as an employee before I, I bought the business myself, and then I went into uh, with my brother-in-law. We did that, and uh, it was good, but still, there were so many things you just don't know, uh, so many important things that... Um, I, I was I was terrible at um, at marketing, and I took some big risks. I lost two thousand dollars through like a money mailer Ouch. because at the time things were changing to the internet. The phone books started to started to at that time just start to start to go away a little bit, and uh, I I guess I wasn't seeing and anticipating. I was terrible at, at marketing, but I got better and better through word of mouth as I did a good job through the carpet cleaning. Uh, we, we we did really good terms of word of mouth and uh i learned some good good things from that um but then i I decided to go into real estate a bit more i got really ambitious and so did uh, you close down those two businesses no they just i i had all i I saved about sixteen thousand dollars and uh, I got I took a real estate course. Um, it was oh you I, did a lo- like a lo- or was it a local online or something or one of those Carlton sheets? No, types I actually no, I actually bought the Carlton sheets. Yeah, I've, I've listened to his stuff. It's all it's all great knowledge. It, I mean, yeah, real estate. It was okay. People make make fortunes in real estate. If I recall, I think it's like the the biggest or the highest percentage of I guess multimillionaires and billionaires have made money in real estate. I mean, it's a it's a cash making machine if you can figure out the codes right <laughs> yeah it, it can be it, it can be and it can also uh yeah, it's, it's become an alligator to, oh, to, yeah. to a lot of people too so you took uh, a course so you took a course to learn about it well um i should back up i mean i, I had some money i had more than the sixteen thousand dollars actually at this time um i was just 
I wasn't very good about uh, balancing my businesses. I still had like CPAs kind of working in the backgrounds. I began to use more people because I knew I needed these people, these professional people like uh, attorneys and, and stuff like that. And so I, I began to just, just kind of have people kind of working um, just just in the backgrounds. But you had to pay them a lot of money to do it. I had uh, even a, I, at one point, I, I hired a property manager. I felt like that was a huge mistake. They they took a lot of cut out of it. And then I ended up paying my brother even more, and the, and to, to basically kind of take over their positions. I I uh, would pay like a handyman to, to do toilets in the middle of the night. But that that became very experienced. It, I, that that um, sounds like you were expensive. Yeah, spending a, a chunk mm-hmm. of cash keeping it going. And as you and I know, that that does add up, especially when you're just getting started, right? Yes. Did you, do you feel you would have uh, bootstrapped it a little more had you got if you had went back and did it over again, or was there no? Sometimes there's no way to get out of paying that that money, right? If you don't know how to plumb or no, actually, I, I think I liked what I did because a lot of up until I had those businesses, I, I was a flight attendant and I stayed in that flight attendant. Like I, I kept my job while I, I worked this, so right. that was my security. Like if it all went bad, I can I could just you know bank off this job, and and a lot of my losses I would just kind of absorb while I was just doing this, and I was setting up all these things while I was flying, and then I when I would come back, I would basically schedule them out for like okay, I think I'll be back at, you know next week. And I'd schedule people out and have like a, a few days scheduled, but the, I ran into all kinds of problems because of it too. Um, there were some disadvantages. I lost some jobs that way. And I also wasn't able to keep guys going because these guys would suddenly be in and out of work. And uh, it was hard to keep a steady flow. And then when winter comes, it was like a, a big thing. I'd lose all my guys and I had to start all over for the next year. So that's fr- that sounds frustrating. It it is frustrating, but yeah, most of it is yourself bootstrapping and learning the business itself. That's why it's important to find a business to have something that you love into it. And I, I've talked to Mark about this. It's like leverage. You got to ha- add your leverage into things. I love that word. It's great. So that's where the perseverance is when you get go through these hard times, like in the dead of summer when I'm slopping cement and I'm out there doing a neighbor's job and they don't like it. And now I'm doing it for free for them. You got to have something that gets you through those hard times or you didn't bid a, a job out. You didn't foresee certain things. It's going to happen. It's not if it's going to happen. You're going to keep learning new things. You're going to keep having stuff happen. But don't be afraid to try it. I mean, I tried these businesses not knowing what I was doing, and I still could have kept going in them, even with the crash that happened. I just didn't care about my businesses. Mm-hmm. So the crash happened in 2008 when I got really arrogant. Um, I bought uh, land across from NNU. I went into a real estate course just before then. I, I split. There was a guy that was a, a self-made millionaire. He went to this course too. Most people in that room didn't want to go to the course. But this millionaire stuck there, and I, in my head, knew that if this guy's going to stay, I should be here too. It was a, like a eight thousand dollar course. Ooh, Most so people it was would sizable. Say, yeah, investment. it was. It was a. It was a big chunk uh, of investment. At the time, that was kind of our school of learning, and uh, I took the course. I actually was like sitting in front of a fire hydrant for like three days. <laughs> it I, is. I could only write down so much of what they were saying, and even all those notes doesn't make sense when I look back at it now. Right. I got the those books. I didn't read them all. There's just no way. Do you There's remember just, what it was, what the course was by chance? Or the it or? was Robert Allen. Oh sure. And, um, 
he he was very big kind of back then. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've I've heard of him. Uh-huh. Um so Robert Allen and what else? There was something else. There was there was another guy another that was module. in the course. But it was so week long, couple I mean couple Yeah, it was a week long thing and I think I continued a, a different course that they had in Salt Lake. I went down there for that. I the thing is I learned a lot of basic stuff from like how to quickly flip a property. Um and I thought, wow, this is really good. And even to this day because I did that one thing and I've, I, I took some nuggets away, there's still always going to be a value when I do property. That, that's the thing, Ryan. I mean, you know, and I, and I love the fact, you know, that they, when you say, hey, you know, I, I, I tried it. It didn't work. I think there's like two schools of thought in life. There's like people who try to try to do only stuff that, that they think is going to work mm-hmm. or people who try a lot of stuff and see what works and then and then follow that path. And I think that's what's so nice about your experience is that you 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 went into something you didn't have any idea of what you were, you didn't love it, you didn't know anything about it. That's a bold statement. And you're going to learn a lot from that. Well, my my parents were like a lot of parents they said, you know, go to college and 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 basically try to but I saw how unhappy my dad was and I realized at the time that I was that age I didn't know what I wanted to do in college and and I didn't know what I wanted what what I wanted to be when I grow up. So I was like, this is going to be a waste if I go to college, really, because I'm not going to be able to get into a subject that is going to last me very long. I took one year of college only because they, Micron Technology was offering it for free. But even that, I felt like it was, it was a waste. Um, it looks great on a resume for those people that that are building their your resumes for like you're in a job that you don't like, but you're trying to do get in the manager position just because it looks good on a resume. I'd say that's a that's a waste of time in some regards. Don't be f- pushing yourself to do something like that because now I, I look good on a resume because I went to college and I've got some college on my background. Um, the things that matter is figuring out your strengths. You got to figure out your strengths. And you don't know that a lot of times until you try a lot of things. It's okay to try things. Don't put more money that you're – a lot of people want to go big into one thing. Um, I would say start small because if you start small, you make mistakes small. So people that start in their garage, you have way less risk just making a few things for just a few people than trying to do something all at once and think you're mass producing it. And, and, and creating, you know, something for a lot of people is a lot of times a, a big mistake. So do, you, do you think you went, do you think you went a little too big on your ventures or would you say they were just about right? I investment wise, money wise, uh, money wise. Well, money wasn't a big problem because yeah, you had a flow coming in, didn't you? Yes. I, I had a, I had a big flow coming in. What became a problem was not having the experience or any love in the things that I was doing. Passion will pull you through yes. a lot of times, on it? I mean, there was times that carpet cleaning, would, you go into a job and it would run smooth. And then there was a time in the morning, I remember this time almost like... Uh, <laughs> Do you wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night with it? <laughs> well, this experience was a powerful experience. I walked into the place in the morning and I didn't feel like going to work because when you fire your, your, your bosses to become your own entrepreneur and you're running your own business, every new customer is your new boss. I walked into this place and there's this couch and it looks nasty. I don't know what happened on this couch. It was a nightmare. Like I'm looking at this couch, just like trying not to throw up. And And they went, and you're there to clean the couch. They said, Oh, I'm so happy you're here. 
our dog had puppies all over this couch and there's placentas everywhere. Didn't take care of all that. And, and, and I'm just glad you're the carpet cleaner. And I remember looking up and looking out the window and thinking, you know, today I don't want to be a carpet cleaner. And today I don't want to be in this business. Why am I doing this, sucking the grossest stuff through my machines and dealing with oh, this? Oh, that's horrible. Are you serious? But the thing is you deal with horrible things in business and, and, and going through all these experiences help you. Like if I was passionate about that and, and I, I there was some sense of, of happiness, I would see people happier and uh, you know, grateful for how beautiful their, their place would look when I was done. But if I just didn't have a passion in that level. So I don't, I, I got I don't think many people would have a passion in that level, Ryan. I mean, that's horrible. And, and like you said, uh, it's all fun to, you know, to like plan businesses and plan being an entrepreneur, but that is like the other end of the spectrum. That's a, that's a horrible experience. That sounds nasty. Yes. It, it, well, there's going to be nasty things that happen and it, 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 there's going to be nasty things that happen in real estate too. I had people steal from me blindly. Like I had a brand new house when, it, when, he, when I had that house down the street, set it all up. We, we had appliances all in there. We put all the fixtures. We, we did like nice little touches to it, put a refrigerator in there, um, touched everything up. Brand new house, got a brand new people in there. Everything was working fine. I had a, that's when I hired the property managers. Everything was going good. And then one day they stopped paying. And I knocked on the house and it sounded hollow. And, and I noticed the blinds were gone. And I looked in there and it's hollow. And I had the keys for it. So I just opened it. They had everything pulled out. They had all the fixtures gone. Uh, like they, they took them? They took everything. They took the trees that the... That when. <laughs> They, they, took, they took out the trees in the backyard, and I didn't know it till about a year or two later, but they even took the filters out of the furnace. Holy My moly, fir- and that became thorough a, thieves. Thorough, yeah. And, and it was all because the, they, I, I mentioned to my property managers, they're, they're like, do you want to be called if there's any big problems? And I said, no, not generally. If you guys can handle it, don't worry about it. Well, that's a big they, problem. They, they were upset because they couldn't get a hold of me that they wanted to talk to me about like and a money the problem manager was being a gatekeeper and not letting him. Through yes. Them. Oh, yes. Man. I mean, so it's important to manage your own business. The more you manage your business instead of something else, manage your business, unless it's very reputable and you trust them on a big level. It's more important that you stay in your own business. Take responsibility full responsibility of everything that you're doing. Wow. Because if you don't, when the more you, you let the controls go, the more that things tend to go awry. Um, but yes, I, I had other times where I, I fixed up the, like when I had the fourplex, um, the, the day I went in there to fix it, um, I left my tools in there. I locked it all up. Somebody came in and they broke through the door. The neighbor saw exactly who it was and it was the old tenants. And uh, when the police arrived for the police report, I gave them the the t- old tenants, you know, social security and everything like that. And nothing happened. In both scenarios, the the tenants got away with it. And, uh, and so you didn't track them down either via yeah. like to to serve legal purposes or anything. You just kind of okay. Let, let, took the, you took the hit, huh? Yeah, I, I, that's I did. I, I I took I took the hits and. Um, Wow, that's a uh, those are huge learning experiences. I mean, you got you've take you've got some deep knowledge under your belts. Well, yes, but there was a massive lessons that, that I got, and I, I want to get right into it. Um, so, basically, when two thousand eight came, um, I was not humble that yet. My my ego was still huge. even after that. Okay, so you're still flying pretty high. I, yeah, I, I, all the businesses were, were rocking pretty good. I, I had sixteen thousand dollars. I bought a a piece of land with earnest money because I couldn't afford it. 
I wanted a finder's fee. Um, I bought a piece of land across from NNU in Nampa and um, it had two ugly rundown fourplexes. I was going to go ahead and level it out. I hired engineers to figure out um, how many fourplexes would fit there and they determined that there could be seven with a parking lot that would fit all the cars. I said, great. Um, I went to the city council. I got it rezoned for, because um, at the time it was just uh, residential properties, I got it rezoned so that it could be uh, for for that kind of a build of seven fourplexes. And then I was going to go to California. In my mind, that's where I thought a lot of the millionaires were, and find some people that would be willing to invest. And that's when 2008 happened. And uh, there's there's a lot of things that, that kind of happened in my psyche. See, everything kind of was built on a house of cards because I was borrowing so much money and at the time that's the reason why 2008 happened the way yeah, it I think did a lot of people were in that same boat a lot of people yeah we were able to borrow too much and help collapse uh, kind of the, the, the big system that was there um, I lost my my earnest money trying to find people and uh, even though I, I had it rezoned I, I ended up losing the property back to the same people which I was very fairly new at properties and, and doing things and that, was a, uh, that sounds like a big development that you were under, undergoing have you been out to that property since then and seen what's on there yes you, and i believe they did exactly what sounds ideal right across from the university yeah i believe they they put exactly that the the seven fourplexes i didn't go out there to, to count it or anything sure but there but is, there's something out yeah there's, there's, there's commercial res- or uh-huh. residential mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow they, they got some nice buildings there now um but um I it's began a downward spiral because I at the time I my brother had done so well that I I said look you know under the table this fourplex whatever it sells for you're gonna get all the money and I appreciate everything you've done and that's another thing be equal with the people that are earning great money for you I mean that's how my brother and I were um, so I gave him the the profits out of that um, I I sold my businesses mostly because. They were not failing businesses. I just couldn't stand them. Oh, so so you saw I was the curbing and the carpet yeah, cleaning at that, yeah. right around that time, two thousand eight ish. Yes, and I sold my house, and I was basically like um, losing money, kind of all around me. And I was trying to hustle some money. I went into another business venture. My brother was uh, creating mining claims and selling them, and I was jumping across the river. And I slipped on a rock, broke my my foot, oh. and I didn't even have the money to go to the doctor. I climbed out of there. And I, I kept my foot in a cast while well, I couldn't get a job either. And I lost the, the last place I was in, my own house was going in foreclosure and, and I couldn't get them to reinstate the, the loan on the house, and which means they could pull that, that loan at any time, even after you could begin making payments later. So, but what I learned is like, it humbled me back to where I was like, you know, like I realized how I was treating people. I realized how arrogant I was. I, I didn't know that until I lost it all. It's like when you don't get the lessons, like that, the phone call I had with that girl, it's like the universe gives you bigger lessons to, to bring you down to your knees. You really understand things. The thing is you've got to get back up and you've got to go back out running and trying new things. Everyone, that's the biggest key to anything is keep trying because you're going to find what is going to be your strengths through the doing of doing things. And it's okay if you're failing along the way. I could do, always do another business. I just now know that it's more important to do a business that you have some sort of level of 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 leverage in it, you know, yeah. that something that you enjoy, something that brings fulfillment and how you run a business matters. Um, how you treat your employees and your customers and what your 
in game is leave yourself a legacy. Um, that's the, the, why a lot of successful people make a lot of money and they're not any more happier because I actually wasn't any happier when I had the money. But now I know that, okay, if I create a business now and we, we talked about, I don't know. How, a how number of opportunities. Yeah. You're exploring in right now. Um, yeah. So now for me, the ideal business would be like, you know, I'd be treating my employees better. I'd give them them part of the profits. I'd also be treating the communities that I, I, I'm in better. I'd be giving back to them. I would be, um, because these are the things that are important to me. I, I think generally people want to help other people set up your businesses with your own core values and you're going to have a much more stable and successful business. Massively important. Um, I would say more important than anything else. Know where you're going because, uh, I mean, having like... Did you it think you didn't have clear direction long term and when you started those businesses? No, I I, I was all were? about my my mind game. Like I was all about making money, and now so that was now the end game. The end game is different. My ego has has been like reset in a in a massive way. The end game is now follow more of what is in in your heart, but set up your businesses so that they do make money, but. Uh, Make it so that it's in a fulfillment way that you're 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 doing something positive for the world. You're doing something positive in your business, and you're doing something positive all around. That seems to I've heard that from over and over from entrepreneurs that who have gone past that curve and got you know done the things, chased the money, chased whatever prestige, and then they realize, hey, that's empty, hollow, and it didn't fill me. And then they say, hey, you got to align it yes. with who you are. And I've seen. The, the best businesses are like expressions of their founders. I'm like Patagonia's, the Aveda's, um, you know, Aveda, you know, all these businesses are like pat, labors of love, like you said, the leverage. Yes. I mean, still set up your businesses so that they are modeled off the businesses that are already very successful. So you're already like that, that, that saves you a lot of time and energy just, just trying to figure a lot of that out yourself. Figure out the industries that you're in. Be on the leading edge. Nowadays, we got YouTube. You you have mentors at your feet now. Use that. But um, now it, it, it's the the game is always changing. But really, still keep a core part of yourself into that business because that's what's going to keep you going. Yeah. Well, so what is what is the future? What's on the horizon for you? I mean, honestly, for me, there there's so many things that are going through my head. But uh, the future, the ideal business that I could have would be. Um, I love flying, um, and so I know that something will, will be along those lines. The idea for me to be in a perfect place would be um, having a business where I'm, I'm showing the most epic places in the world, and I'm showing it in a way that is not only showing the most beautiful places in the world, exotic places like Sedona, I'm like uh, Machu Picchu, or maybe a place like... Uh, um, uh, New Zealand and, and those sort of things. I, I would want to show the beautiful people that are in there, the great teachers that are there, give them a platform and uh, be able to connecting people to people, you know, be kind of a, a world community tribe and uh, also have a business that's very fulfilling in that it gives back. Um, so I'd be basically doing something where I might be, I don't know, with a cruise line or something and then doing these little excursions and that sort of thing. But, um, and it's only because that is something I think would be beautiful. Just living and seeing different cultures and, and life and, and loving people in a, in, a, in a way that I enjoy expressing my, 
my love in, in seeing the world. Um, and so I basically want to show them the most beautiful side to the world that I, I know. And that to me, that's, that's through flying. So for me to get the skills that I need, I need to get a commercial license and, and to do that and also hire people that are just as passionate and uh, go f- with that, with also the goals of giving back to the world in, in, a, in a beautiful way. I think that's, uh, that's what everybody's here to do is, is give a piece of what is locked up in their heart. And the more you're able to do that, I don't care who you are, you're going to be successful. Even if it's not with money, you're going to be successful in, uh, in, 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 a, in a huge way. Well, in, in, all, in a like well-rounded way too, right? It doesn't, the definition of success is going to be different for every person. And it's up to you to find out what's locked inside. It, it doesn't matter what other people think. It's a matter how you feel about yourself with, with doing that. Well, that's, that's what's going to make you, you shine. And it's also a matter of how you're able to, to help with the gifts that you have. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you sharing your story. That's a huge, huge value there and lessons learned. You bet. I, I sure. hope people can... I hope there's there's somebody out there that you know, gets something out of this. I'm but. sure there will be plenty. Uh, will you come back again and join me down the road when when things start to evolve on your new ventures? You bet. You bet. So what'd you think? Did you get something out of Ryan's stories? Did you? Uh, does he help you like see a, your business in a different way or see your entrepreneurial venture in a different light, like a deeper level of understanding? That's one of the things that I love about this platform where we come together and share best practices for living. You know, all of us, we don't have to make the mistakes that everyone else has made. We don't have to go through those struggles. We can learn from one another. We can stand on the shoulders of giants and we can go further faster. That's what makes the human experience so awesome is that we can share with one another. We can collaborate. We can come together and have these forums, whether they're online, on a podcast, on YouTube, wherever, and we can learn really quickly and level up our experiences faster and faster all the time. You know, we're really fortunate to live in this technological age where we have these tools, we have these mediums to come together and share in this way because prior generations didn't have the information at their fingertips that we have. So I hope you're putting the information to work, you're making an impact in the world, you're allowing whatever is inside of you that wants to come out to be expressed in a way that serves other people, that helps them have a better life, have better experiences. And then of course, you will feel you know, empowered in your own purpose and services joy. We talk about this all the time on the podcast. Uh, when you're helping other people, it that's really like the the best way that we find our own joy and passion, right? Is to help other people in a way that is perfectly aligned with who you are and what you're well suited to do. So it's really, really exciting to come together. If you got something out of this podcast, got some value in any way, it would be really awesome if you would leave a review on iTunes or give it a thumbs up on YouTube. And if you know someone who might benefit from this information, share the podcast with them. It's always really easy to share from YouTube or from my website, gmarkphillips.com. All right, we're going to wrap up the podcast at at this point in time. And until next time, have an awesome week and I wish you all the best, health, wealth, and success. Bye-bye.